Welcome to the Inspire Teacher's Guide podcast. We are Kim Wilkins and Laura Wooldridge, just two teachers trying to podcast. We are so glad that you've joined us. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. We have a guest today. Yay! It's going to be a great day. Yes. Last week, we completed a two-part series on cognitive regulation, which was very interesting and informative for me. Thank you, Laura, for you're welcome. Introducing us to that. Um, our intention in hosting the series was to share strategies to help students become self-regulated in many aspects of their life and in their education. So what what did you get out of it, Laura? Oh, I just I love this stuff. Like I eat it up. I just see the power of implementing just simple little tricks that can make such a big difference in our days. As I was reviewing everything, I just thought about how easy it is to implement just some talk about characters or um, voting or debating or things like that in our classrooms, even in our content or Mm -hmm. in behavior incidences. But I was just reminded of how intentional I must be about pulling the skills out and not just doing it. If I'm having a behavior conference with this child and I'm talking about things, I need to be intentional about saying, I'm doing this to help you build whatever skills or to help you do this. Same thing with organization. I think we as teachers, we're helping our kids organize all the time because things are everywhere. But we can talk about girls and boys or ladies and gentlemen, this is to help you build your organization skills so you'll be able to find things or et cetera. Just in That's right, because they don't know what's going on in our head. Right. So they're just following directions, but they don't understand that we're building a skill for life. I think over the two episodes for me was um, the goals, setting goals for kids, kind of the pros and cons of each kind of goals mm-hmm. or, you know, we tend to set performance goals. Yeah. And I think, they're fine, but I think there are different kinds of goals and I think helping kids set those goals is important. The Mm -hmm. other thing was helping them learn to recognize what the problem is and then how to resolve that problem on their own. Right. These are just life skills that we Mm -hmm. can bring up classroom that are so easy to do. Yeah. Yeah. Kids don't often realize when things are falling apart for them. And I think when we can help them verbalize that, Mm-hmm. Again, it goes back to what we learned about giving kids language to yeah. do that. Absolutely. And the breathing came up again. The breathing <laughs> always comes up. It always comes up. I was yeah. trying some breathing tricks last night, trying to calm my brain going to sleep. So they are yeah. always handy. Yes, they are. All right. So are we today, ready for today? We are. Today's episode is about the practice of co-teaching. Um, it's a it's a big topic, hot topic right now in education, and we wanted to spend some time talking to someone who's done it. We wanted to learn how to use co-teaching better to support our students who have learning differences. Yeah, I'm excited. So yeah. to help us learn about this topic, we have a guest. Our guest today is... Jade Daniel. Daniel. Welcome. Yes. Yay. <laughs> Jade is with us. She and I work together as dyslexia therapists, and she's working very closely with the teachers in the school, setting up 
school-wide interventions mm. across the curriculum. And that's quite a job. I mean, it's a big school and she's doing a really, really good job. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you are. You All are. Right, Jade, why don't you share your background and experience with our listeners? Sure. So this is my 10th year in education. I taught one year as a second grade teacher and then moved right into special education. Um, and so I did that for eight years. Um, um, so I've done eight years of resource and co-teaching, um, just depending on the needs of the students. And then the last three years, um, I've also been doing dyslexia therapy. So um, Jade, last year you did co-teaching quite a bit. Didn't yes. You? Yes. Yeah. All year. So explain to our listeners exactly what co-teaching is and how it works logistically. Okay. So co-teaching is when you have a classroom of general education students or, and then also students um, that have um, a disability and they have um, like an IEP and they are in the classroom with two teachers, two certified teachers, a general education teacher and a special education teacher. Um, and really like the student groupings um, kind of just depend on the needs of the students within each class. So when te when they're being placed in the specific classrooms, those those considerations are are taken into account, right? Yes, depending on what services um, they have on their IEP. Um, there, you know, there may be different needs for different things. It could be different in math than it is for reading. Um, but the main thing to keep in mind is just that you have a general education teacher and a special education teacher that are teaching all of the students. It's not like a, your students, my students, it's the two teachers equal share of the workload, um, teaching everybody and using kind of their strengths to meet everyone's needs. So do, do teachers carry out portions of the lesson? Do you do small groups? What mm -hmm. does that look like logistically? Yes. Well, and first of all, it's really important to have a good relationship with your co-teacher um, because you have to figure out each other's strengths and weaknesses. Um, you have to know that before you can determine who's going to do what part of each lesson. Um, and so really just getting to know the person, having some grace um, because it's also really hard after you've been in a classroom by yourself and you're only in front of kids to then be teaching in front of an adult, too. Um, and so once you kind of figure each other out, um, then setting aside that time to plan, you can plan and decide like, hey, I feel really comfortable with this. I would like to teach this part of the lesson um, or no, I'm not as strong with that. So you teach that part, but then I'm going to be going around and helping the students, you know, the ones that struggle. Um, so really it can look different depending on what the skill is throughout the school year. Oh, okay. Okay. And I think you've addressed some major misconceptions that we have about co-teaching because I think a lot of people, um, assume that a special ed teacher will push in and just have those the special education kids at the back helping, you know, sitting with them. Mm -hmm. And that's, that is not the goal of co-teaching. No, not at all. And the special education teacher, you know, uses the skills and the training that they have to meet the specific needs of those students. That's going to be a strong point for the special education teacher. But um, when it comes to teaching, both teachers want everyone to succeed. Mm -hmm. um, so you may have students that are not necessarily SPED students, but they may struggle 
in the same way. And so it only makes sense to group those students together um, and with or without an IEP and make sure that they're all successful. Yeah. I love it, man. It just has so much potential for so much power. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do we do that for all our kids with disabilities? Are are certain classes still pulled out or do we co-teach everything? What does that look like? Well, that, you know, that's kind of a hot topic right now. Um, it really depends on your school district. Um, and, it, I, you know, personally, in my opinion, it feel, it depends on what the students need. Um, because obviously there still are students that, you know, whether they have a medical condition or even just cognitively, they really, you know, struggle. They can't self-regulate. They have a behavior issue. Um, you know, there are some students that are still pulled out for either resource or maybe pulled out for even more um, restrictive, like in a self-contained classroom. Um, but co-teaching is definitely something that's being pushed. And, you know, you try to make sure that co-teaching won't work before you try one of the other options. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Um, why, why do you, do you think, or do you think this is true that co-taught classrooms are more beneficial for students? And if they are in most, in whatever, in the perfect situation, why is it more beneficial? Well, you know, in an IEP, you're trying to meet the students where they are. Um, And there's definitely a lot of learning and a lot of good that comes from a resource class or a class where they're pulled out. But if you're working on their level, you're not really providing them with a good opportunity to grow. Um, when you're setting the standard for what all of the other students are doing, you have to figure out, okay, how can I move this student from point A to point B? And so in that scenario, they really kind of have to rise to the occasion. And then as the teacher, you have to make sure that you're providing appropriate intervention and appropriate supports to make them successful. And really, in my experience, the students do really well with that. They don't want to be, especially as they get older, They don't want different work. They don't want to leave the classroom. They want to do what everyone else is doing. And they oftentimes work harder to do that. That's good information. So what do you find challenging for teachers, special ed and the regular classroom teacher in in co-teaching? What are the struggles that you see that are most common? Well, in a perfect world, when you go to trainings and things, um, you know, you you need to be planning together every day. But when you're in a school, um, it doesn't always work out that way. So planning um, is always for me has always been the hardest. And I feel like other teachers that I've talked to feel the same way. Um, And then once you do find that time to plan, um, just having extra time to figure each other out, Um, you know, like to know your co-teacher's strengths and weaknesses. And then also you're sharing your room with someone else, Um, you know, just as far as the way you set it up, the way, do you like it hot? Do you like it cold? And those Mm -hmm. things seem so silly, but when you're used to kind of doing something your own way, but then you have someone who is your equal come in, um, you have to kind of find a happy medium that's good for the teachers, but then obviously good for the students too. Mm-hmm. I just think about, you know, that is hard having, having both teachers in the classroom. So 
how can you comfort and advise people who are very resistant or who are currently struggling with this new situation in their classrooms? Well, I think just kind of coming to an understanding that if, you know, you're, if you're feeling that way, the other teacher more than likely is too. Mm -hmm. Um, so keep that in mind. Um, but we, I mean, when we go to trainings or if you listen to other teachers talk, you hear them do things and you're like, man, that's a good idea. Like I wish I would have done that. Or I wish I, you know, had done that sooner or whatever. You get that opportunity every day in a co-taught classroom. You can learn from each other. And there were so many opportunities when I was doing it that the teacher would say something and it was like, oh, I know the perfect thing to add in here. I know the perfect activity that we can do. Um, And then that would happen. You know, if I was teaching, they were like, oh, I did this last year or. Mm -hmm. And so having two minds coming together just makes it that much better. And then I think. Once you see students who have maybe like been in resource all their lives or, um, you know, they have struggled in the past, but then they're doing work that the general education students are doing, seeing that success. And then especially when you hear their parents talk about their success, Mm -hmm. it definitely kind of ties it all together and makes it very worthwhile. Do you notice a difference in the self-esteem, I guess, of the students? who have, um, you know, learning differences when they're in a co-taught classroom? Yes. Kind of talking about like what I mentioned earlier, they, um, you know, if they are are around other students doing work or reading or, you know, whatever the skill is, they want to do that. Um, And obviously you're not going to call on a student to read if they are a struggling reader and try to embarrass them. But when you can find things for them to participate, whole group or small group that make them successful, their self-esteem goes way up. And so then they feel more comfortable to participate in the things that maybe they're not as strong in. Um, But it kind of, and for me, I was in a different situation because all of my students had been in resource and then we moved them to um, co-teaching. Um, and so they, the kids would talk to me about like, I love this, you know, like I love being in the classroom and yeah, they had more work or they had more homework or it was more difficult, but they loved being a part of what everyone else was, was a part of already. No, I think that's beautiful because a child who's already struggling and then feels like they're not a part of the community of the classroom, that just adds to the weight of you know, their heart and their mind. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I think so too. And I think also a lot of times our kids who have um, IEPs particularly and and 504s and they're pulled out for so many things, they miss so much core content. Mm -hmm. And so they're perpetually behind. Jade and I were actually talking about this before earlier today, you know, that, that they're still responsible for grade level standards. Right. And they may not have, let's, we were talking about math. I mean, they may be learning two-digit multiplication. They may not know all their facts yet, but they still need to know the process mm-hmm. and, you know, the routine for yeah. that algorithm or whatever for two-digit multiplication. They may need some scaffolding in there for the facts until they, till, until they learn those. But mm-hmm. They still are responsible for the grade level skills. Right. And one thing, one thing too, is, you know, some students 
they are never going to be able to memorize, um, you know, facts or things like that. But if you are just focusing on their level and what they're currently working on, sometimes you never grow and they need to be exposed to those other things. And I feel like in the past, that's maybe where some have missed out um, is that they've just, you know, pounded those skills into the ground while there's many other things that they need to be learning about. And so being in a general education setting provides that because the teachers have their standards, they have their curriculum map and they're going to move through it. Mm-hmm. And so they're going to hear and learn about a lot more information than maybe they had been able to in the past. And I think that's just helping, you know, close that achievement gap because if we do just keep the kids on memorizing their multiplication facts, the gap just continues to widen, and widen, and widen and over mm-hmm. the year. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and we sure don't need that. No, no, we don't. We don't. So what tips do you have for us, Jay, for making co-teaching a success? What are some things that we can learn and put into place to, to make it successful in our schools, in our classrooms? Well, if you're part of a co-teaching team, definitely um, you know, do your amount of the work. Don't rely on one person to kind of take the lead. You have to kind of lean into one another, um, and trust each other. Um, but you definitely don't want to frustrate a teacher by saying, oh, I'll let them do that. And I'm not going to worry about that. You know, you need to share in with the grading. You need to share in with the planning, the copies, everything. Um, and then also just kind of, as you get to know your students and you know, their strengths and weaknesses, Look ahead at what you're learning and anticipate, oh, they're going to struggle with this. So let's have a plan B or what are we going to do to address this gap? Um, And kind of after you get to know the students, it's a lot easier to anticipate those issues. Um, And then just be have grace with your co-teacher. You're both going to make mistakes. It's going to be hard. It is a lot of work. Um, I have always said that I feel like I'm the kid's personal assistant because they all need something different and I have to meet their needs in some way. So it's definitely a lot of work, but it's a great um, scenario for the students and there's so much growth that can happen there. It is hard and it's, it's like we said, it's a very hot topic. Seems to be on the specifically in Arkansas right now. Yes, it is. It is. Okay, Jade, is there anything else you think we should understand or research or ponder on uh, related to co-teaching? Definitely, you know, there's some trainings and some information about student grouping. That is something that can kind of help when it comes to planning, Um, you know, using your data to form your groups for all of the students and then obviously meeting the needs of the students through their IEP. Um, But really just knowing that it is a lot of work and it's different. It's not what we're necessarily used to, but just seeing the student growth and then, you know, hearing the growth, you know, hear the, hearing the positivity from the students and their parents really just makes it all worth it. And I think opening, opening ourselves to the potential, you know, mm-hmm. seeing that that would, we're always so overwhelmed in the classroom. You know, there's never enough of us to go around and so seeing this as an opportunity to meet more needs, um, I think would just be great. Yes. And being open-minded about it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Be very open-minded. 
this and is, open with communication. Mm-hmm. You know, if something is bothering you or worrying you that you share that with your co-teacher, you know, mm-hmm. in a kind way. Right. Um, saying, okay, let's problem solve this together. Like, I can't figure it out. Jade, I need your help. You know, mm-hmm. I think that will open the door to improvement. Right. Both and I think it also, I think it also like takes away from the stigma of students that do have an IEP or have, you know, whatever disability that they may have, um, that they can be successful and they mm-hmm. can do the work. They just may need some supports that are different from other students. And so when you see that, it kind of makes you think, well, if, if this one can do it, then I think I can, I can get this one to move. I can get them to, you know, to achieve this as well. It is true. It's often those sub skills that they're missing. Those, those, you know, like those reading sub skills or math sub skills that they're missing, but the higher order thinking very often is there, Mm -hmm. you know, they're think they're inferring or they're problem solving Mm -hmm. and they can, that they're thinking they're just missing some sub skills. So I hate for them to miss out building background knowledge, building vocabulary, all those important parts of, of education that they kind of miss out on, which just throws them further and further behind. Mm -hmm. In addition to the social skills and, you know, it is hard and it, it's definitely a learning curve, but it does get better. And after you feel comfortable with, and it's also getting comfortable with the content, you know, because I had always done lower level first and second grade, which was really more like pre-K and kindergarten skills. Mm-hmm. And then to be thrown into fifth and sixth grade. And it's like, now you're doing fractions, you're, you know, yeah. like, and so that was intimidating. Like I had to study, I had to be like, okay, now show me how to do this, yeah. you know, but, um, but after like getting comfortable with that, then it, it gets a lot better. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Jade, so much for sharing this information and giving us some great things to ponder on. Um, As always, listeners, thank you so much for listening. Please share this podcast with others. When you do that, it helps other people find us, like us on social media. Also, that's that's a big help. We know this is a hot topic in many of your classrooms, and we hope to help as many people as possible. Have a great day and week. See you next time. Bye bye.